The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Parenthood. Your life does not end here. Hi, I'm Chriselle Lim, mother of two. And I'm Sarah Son, also a mother of two. We are longtime friends and now mothers. This is Being Bumo, a podcast about all things parenting. We want to have honest conversations about motherhood so we can each define it for ourselves. We're here to build our village and we hope that you join us. Hi. Hello. What should we talk about today? I mean, so I've had this kind of observation with Chloe lately. Mm-hmm. That I want to bring up because I don't know if you've experienced this, but what is it? lying. Kids mm. that lie. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying lying in like a malicious way because yeah. obviously they're still so young and they're not doing it for any bad intention. Yeah. Because I think when we think of lying, we're like, oh my God, they're a bad person right. or like, you know, why would they lie? But it's for me, at least what I've experienced is it's kind of a white lie. Right. And that's where it kind of really starts. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I was just talking to some moms and, you know, our school is so wonderful because they try to celebrate all of the different things for all the cultures and all the religions, which is so lovely. But this family happens to be more of like a practicing Christian family, but our school is celebrating Hanukkah. So the daughter, (laughs) it's so funny, the mom told me, she's like, my daughter came home and said that she was Jewish. (laughs) Like she... Her daughter told her mom that yeah. she was Jewish. Yeah, she's like, I've, I'm I'm, Jewish now. And I think it's so it's so interesting because, and the mom's like, no, we are Christian. And she knows that religiously they're like a Christian family because they do some of the Christian traditions. But, but she was like, well, I told my friends that I wasn't Christian, that I was Jewish. But I think it's because at school, for whatever reason, maybe they did the Hanukkah celebrations in like a really fun, exciting way. And she just wanted to kind of belong in that little group for that, mm. for that moment. Is that considered lying though? Is that considered lying to your mom when you go? Because what if she actually... Well, she lied to the friends. She didn't lie to the mom. She Uh lied to her friends at school. But what if she thinks that she's actually Jewish? Like she doesn't understand because religion is so complicated, right? Religion is in a sense where it's almost like... But when they're little, religion is not complicated because no, no family is like we... I mean, unless you have a family and you're like, we're Jewish and Christian or Catholic and Christian because maybe dad and mom have different religions, but... As a family, usually you're like, we're Jewish or we're Christian or uh-huh. we're Buddhist. Like, right. It's like you're kind of one religion or uh-huh. we don't have a religion. But I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. But I, I'm just trying to understand why this kid would, would say that would say that yeah. and think that. Yeah. I don't know if it's peer pressure. Yeah. Maybe because most of her friends are Jewish. She feels like she would fit in better. Yeah, I think so, too. And that's kind of what I meant. Like when you said white lies like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. it reminded me of that. So, yeah, I mean, similar to kind of that story, I mean, it's completely different, but (laughs) uh, Chloe's teacher was like, so she obviously has her report cards for the semester or the the quarter. Is it quarter or semester? Semester. Semester. And obviously she's doing really great in English, improving in reading and writing, just like doing a really great job. And she's like, but we've noticed that with math, She's good, but when, because they timed the math. Mm-hmm. So like 
they want you to be able to like do it fast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the pressure that she feels yeah. because she knows that, it, that the timer is going to go off or the time is going to be called. So they said that her teacher was like, well, she copies her friends. Mm. She she looks at her neighbors and she copies it. Mm-hmm. And so, and she's like, you know, most kids, they don't realize that these are, this is like a bad thing, but that's technically quote unquote cheating, right? Sure. That's cheating. That's lying, right? right that right. you know the answers and you're saying that these are your answers. Right. But, you, but I don't think in her awareness as a child, like she understood that was, a big no-no. Like you're not right. supposed to do that. So I did point that out to her. Yeah. But then when I asked her like… Wait, ask her your daughter or the teacher? Chloe. Okay. Uh-huh. She wouldn't give me like a straight answer. Like, okay. So I, I think that she knows maybe you're not supposed to do it. Because mm-hmm. I was like, did you copy your friend yeah. like for math? And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Wait, I'm curious as what the teacher… How did the teacher handle it in class? I think she said that she told her… That if she doesn't know the answer to something, just to ask her, like to let her know and she could help her. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I don't know if she necessarily pointed that out. Yeah. But I, yeah, that was a situation where I wasn't quite sure how to handle that because I obviously don't want to be like, you lied and you cheated. That's so bad because I also don't want to put too much emphasis on that either. Put too much attention on that. But I also don't want her to do that, right? right? And so I did point out like, you know, if you don't know something, ask a teacher, you're not supposed to be copying your neighbor. Like these are your answers. And and she's like, okay, okay. Yeah. God, I feel like the hardest thing to do is like not trying to correct them and like give them a whole speech like at that moment. I, I think know. like I have such a hard time with that. I know because we, we don't want to become our parents. We don't want to become our parents. We're, and- we're traumatized because we don't want to become our parents. We don't want to be our parents. We also like, and also the lectures aren't effective. They don't work. They don't work. They just don't work. It's like, I remember, I mean, I was not, I wasn't a horrible kid, but I just remember whatever my mom told me, I'll just do the opposite. <laughs> like, didn't want to listen to her, right? Yeah. And so I think we're all aware of that. Right. And we all want to be cautious and tread lightly yeah. and not to sound too like demeaning because yeah. kids don't like yeah. when you're like you demeaning. don't want to shame them like right off the bat yeah so i think in our our generation of parenting i think parents because they are so aware it's almost like <laughs> they become a little nervous to like I, at least for me to yeah. be like how do i bring this up in yeah. a way where it's gonna be effective and not like backlash right yeah. okay so you know my obsession with dr becky <laughs> I love Dr. Becky. I love Dr. Becky. I think she would say, I mean, I don't know what she would say, but like I'm thinking back at some of her writing and some of her videos. She would say like, she has like a whole episode on mean girls and like how to approach if like your, you know, your kids come and they're like, oh, so-and-so is bullying me or so-and-so is not like including me or whatever. So I wonder if she would say something like, and for that episode, she says something about like your presence during that like scary moment because they're now they're kind of like know that they're kind of in trouble or like they didn't yeah. do something. So like something about like having like a calm presence where like it's not going to be judgmental, but you want to get to the bottom of it. And so then to ask more questions, which I just find impossible to be honest. So just to talk more basically to your child. <laughs> just, just ask questions. And she said things like, oh, so so-and-so didn't want to include you on the game. So say it could be like, oh, you lied about, you know, cheating or like, or even like, I think kids do in general lie about 
getting better grades than they do if like they mm. start to get I know it's happening a little bit in upper school like for my kids who's like now sixth grader and they are competitive about grades like who got better grades or whatever and maybe they lie about it and it's so Be- Dr. Becky at least on the mean episode mean girls episode she talks about asking questions like well where were you and where exactly were you sitting and what ex- what exact activity were you guys doing and to ask a bunch of questions to make the kid feel like you were there in that scary moment and even if they made like they didn't make the best choice possible to to let them know that you're just there so like not even like you're not even at the correcting piece yet Mm. you're not we're not at the lecture piece because she says that things like lying and bullying and things like that like you can't do it in one conversation so Mm. it's almost like you just want to get more information from your child to reveal like a little bit deeper like what their character really is like mm. and then know that in your head as a parent and then continue to guide that through through time yeah i thought that was so like so to me that was so insightful yeah because i would like want to correct immediately oh yeah i'd be like well you can't do that because and you know what and the thing and you're not gonna get to college and you're gonna have like <laughs> right like have a thing in your transcript so I think like I would immediately go there and I do go there a lot. But Becky, Dr. Becky's like, you don't really want to go there right away. And I do struggle with that. Mm, Yeah, Yeah. because it's almost uh, no one really has that kind of patience, that kind of time to (laughs) be like, let's, you know, talk about this over a course of how many months, (laughs) then we could talk about fixing the problem. It's more of like, okay, this is what's happening. So this is what we're going to do to fix it. I mean, that's how I think most parents are because we just want to get straight to the point. And yeah. And yeah, but. But do you think that that would, that would work with Chloe? If you're like, you can't do that. And then expect her to next time where she's under pressure, where she's like, I want to get a good grade for my teacher and my mom. And if I don't get a good grade, they, they're going to think I'm not smart. And then expect the kid to like not fall into that pressure. Yeah, which is interesting because we've never ever pressured her to finish or get good grades yeah. or any of that. I mean, I know she's still young and she's still only so in, young. in second grade. Yeah. But the fact is that, you know, she brings home tests every week, whether it be math or English. And we do typically praise when something really wonderful has happened, but we also praise when it's not great either, right? Like, oh, like, I'm sure you tried hard. This wasn't your best, but like, let's work on it. Let's work on it type of thing. So I feel like we're pretty in the middle, I would say, when it comes to giving, being cautious about the praise that we give her. So it's not like, we're demanding her or giving her the pressure to get these good grades or finish or, you know, have a perfect score. So it's just, I'm just curious to see where this is stemming from. Like, is it in the classroom? Is it her peers? Is it like, what is it? Right. And I, and I think it kind of goes back down to at that age around like eight years old, they do want to fit in. Like they do really want to feel like, they're a part of the crew or the group, whether, yeah. you know, it's grades or it's an Apple religion watch. or yeah. whatever it yeah. is. Right. And yeah. so I'm starting to see that a lot. And yeah. it makes me a little sad because before, you know, they're just free butterflies yeah. that like would kind of not really care about yeah. what other people thought of them or their work or, but now they're quote unquote lying because 
I think they want to feel validated and fit in yeah. amongst their the group, peers, their, peer group. Or their, their group. So then what do we do? Like how, so then what, what did you say to her? So you said, oh, we don't do that. Yeah. I mean, I kind of went straight to the point, to be honest. Yeah. But I, what I do know about her and I think most kids is that you have to somehow make it in a sense where they feel like they discovered the the answer or like yeah. you can't be like you can't do this it's not like they're they're going to i mean hopefully they'll stop but i think the reason why maybe dr becky asked so many questions because maybe it'll connect the dot they'll connect the dots somehow yeah. on their own mm-hmm. because when they connect the dots on their own that's when they make their own choice of like oh i probably shouldn't do that because then this the and right this yeah. is going to happen, right? Yeah. Versus someone kind of forcing it down your throat and be like, don't do this because this is going to happen. So do you think that she's very, she has a clear understanding of what is right and what is wrong and she's still making the wrong choice? Or do you think that she doesn't have a clear understanding of what is right and what is wrong just yet? Because she's still little. I think at this age and specifically that scenario, I don't think she thought it was wrong. Okay. I think she was feeling pressured because it was timed Mm -hmm. and she wanted to finish. And she truly just thought that just looking at your friend's answers, she could finish it. It's almost like a game, I think, she thought. But she clearly knows what cheating is. And I don't know if in that moment she thought that was cheating, right? So in that moment, the pressure to finish was more important than being whatever, honest. Yeah, Yeah. it's hard. It's hard because they are very little and we do put them in these sometimes impossible social scenarios where they are dealing with a lot. They're dealing with, you know, pressure to get good grades or like, you know, an internalized pressure because I don't think teachers put that kind of pressure on parents. You know, we don't do that as much either. But then they just have other social pressures, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so many things, especially with girls. And I just, I'm, I'm having a really hard time finding that, yeah. that balance. I really yeah. am. Like, I don't know. I mean, it just I mean, didn't you say at one point that lying can be good for kids? <laughs> like, I hope I didn't say that. I don't know. You said something about like maybe it was from Dr. Becky, but it's yeah. like it's normal or it's it's healthy well, or I I don't So like something I'm tr- I'm still trying to understand the whole lying thing is that kids do lie and it's part of adjusting themselves and like you're saying, kind of fitting in in like a into a group say for example if like you know all the kids in your class are jewish and you're like who's jewish raise your hand and you see the majority of kids raise the hand a kid who's not really aware would be like i want to fit in so they'll raise their hand or like we all went to hawaii for christmas who all went to hawaii for christmas and if you see all of your friends raise their hand maybe you also raise your hand Mm -hmm. right and so there is like this weird like deep desire to fit in into your peer group, which I think is a very natural thing. And if you're going to lie to fit in, I think it's not that it's excusable, but it's developmentally kind of appropriate. Mm. Um, So I'm start, I'm trying to like understand and navigate that. Like, yes, maybe kids lie to fit in, but like how much of that are we supposed to indulge and how long does it take? Like how long does it take for them to, you know, start seeing real consequences to their lying? Yeah. I mean, I think this is like the very beginning stages. And, you know, obviously they'll they'll be more exposed. They'll be exposed to more things and feel more social pressure as they get older. And so I think really setting as light as it sounds, 
I think it's really important to kind of set that tone now. It's almost like even the the whole did you eat a cookie type right. of lie, yeah. right? Yeah. And although we kind of joke about that, there's even that like kid song on, is it like Coco Melon? Like, I don't watch Coco Melon oh, for the record. I, I forgot, but it was like <laughs> something about how many cookies are in your mouth, none, ha, 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 ha. And obviously okay. he's laughing. There's like tons of cookie in their mouth. Yeah, chocolate all over Yeah, mouth. so it's yeah. kind of like a kid song that all kids love. Yeah. But it's like, it's it's kind of making fun of lying, right? It's encouraging mm. lying. As is simple. it encouraging lying or, or like we're trying to understand, is it like normalizing lying because kids just do lie? Yeah. But maybe that's a little normal or no? Like, do we give them that kind of grace or no? I mean, here, Okay, this is what Becky said. Okay. <laughs> kids lie if they believe that telling the truth will threaten their attachment with their parents. So mm. it's something that I need to look into myself like attachment is a system of proximity so it's literally about staying close to the caregiver teacher or parent feeling that your caregivers want to stay close to you and kids are constantly monitoring their relationship with their parents with this in mind so kids are also lying not lying how what how bad is the lie based on how much they think we are have we are willing to tolerate isn't it crazy how they are so intuitive sometimes? Like, yeah. it's pretty, I, I just find the kids to be so smart, actually. They can't like articulate all the things, but their brains are constantly going. Yeah, absolutely. And so she's saying, it's our job to create an environment where truth telling becomes more possible. Mm. Yeah. Should I just read the whole book? Yeah, <laughs> just read the whole thing. I'm, I'm loving this already. We can look at this in two ways. A child is avoiding telling the truth or telling the truth feels really scary. But that's what I mean at like, sometimes you have to give them a pass when they're lying. Yeah. Because they're not lying because they're malicious and bad kids. They're lying because they like truly feel so scared that the teacher's going to make them feel bad that they got a bad grade or didn't finish or like mom's going to get so mad and like take away the iPad or whatever. How do we, how, then how do we create a space where telling the truth doesn't feel so hard? Such a good question. And she has the answer right here. <laughs> Does she? I mean, a little bit. I think a big thing is, and this is also what Dr. Kara Natterson said to us, was these are a million mini conversations for the rest of your life. Yeah. When it comes to body image, you know, security, confidence, you know, all of these things. And so something that Becky offers in her book is reframe the lie as a wish. I wish you, I know you wish you could go to Hawaii or Christmas. Oh. I know that's your wish because so-and-so went. I know that's your wish, but we can't do it this year. <laughs> or I know you wish that you could finish your math test yes. in time. Right, because you want to show oh. that you're a good student. And I know you wish and your greatest desire is to show that you know the work and you know your math facts. But it's okay that you did it. And maybe next time you can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Isn't she amazing? That's amazing. Can we be best friends with her? I know. Okay. And by the way, if people don't have this book. What book is that, by the it's way? It's called Good Inside, Dr. Becky Kennedy. Okay. She's incredible. She's in the East Coast. And just the thing, there's a million, not a million, but there are many, many doctors who, you know, talk about child psychology and have given person to me, me insight to like, how to build relationships and all that stuff. But the greatest thing about Dr. Becky is that she gives us a script, like literally a script. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 
these are the five words you need to say. Oh, I you love. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that's really helpful. Like it's very practical. Okay, ordering that book now. I mean, how do you not have this book? How Good you, on the inside, right? How are you right? doing motherhood without this? I mean, just figuring, I mean, how were our parents doing? <laughs> I don't know what Parenting I don't want. Don't want to do without... it. Don't want to do their version. Yeah, we definitely yeah. don't. Yeah. Anyway, so... And then again, I, and I think that's why all of this gentle parenting and all of that is so, you know, anti-punishing. It, no, it's not anti-punishing. But what I'm understanding is like connection before correction. You still have to correct because let's be real. We're not, I'm not, we're not raising entitled children, but the connection piece takes so much longer and it's incredibly necessary before the correction piece comes. Mm. And like, it's almost like you haven't earned the correction if you don't do the connection piece first. I love that. Right. Yeah. And so, and I think that's why this book is so long because she's like, you guys, you have to create a space where kids can be honest. But if you're giving punitive, you know, punishments, they're going to lie. And that was a really hard pill for me to swallow too, mm. because I'm kind of a goody goody. Like I didn't need a lot of this to make, to, you know, to like make good choices. But that's not the case with every kid. And that's not the case with my kids all the time. And so, I mean, that's why this, this has been so helpful for me. That's incredibly helpful. And the fact that it they ha- she has a script for everything. Yes. That's, that's pretty amazing. The other day I called my sister and she's like, you're literally starting to sound like her. You need to stop watching her videos. <laughs> oh, she has videos too. Okay, yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. gonna go watch them now. Please but do. here it says that children actually start to begin to lie at around age two or three. And they could be very, very simple lies. Oh, that's... These first lies often focus on just denying misbehavior. Like, did you eat the cookie? No. Yeah. Did, did you... you hit your sister? Yeah. No. Right. Right. They may involve wishful thinking more than deliberate efforts to actually deceive, which makes sense. And then they're saying that lying has different stages. So that's stage one. Okay. And stage two is around at four years old. And this is when kids start to imagine how someone else might think Mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. the age of four. So their lives become more believable because they take into like account what their friends or whoever doesn't know something about them. Yeah. Like, I I don't know, maybe, do you own a unicorn? Yes, I do own a unicorn. You know, like things like that. Yeah, Like they also like weirdly want to impress their friends somehow. Yeah. The fact that they even have that intuition to me, it's astounding. They know the difference by four, the the difference between truth and lying. They do know. And that lying is bad, Mm. but they also want to please adults. So I think more than more than the kids may be pleasing the adult because yeah. they know we have certain expectations already right. at the age of four, which is or we're going to punish them if they don't behave a certain way. Yeah. Or to like cover up a misbehavior. And then the last stage is stage three, which is age seven or eight. And children at this age are not only capable of deliberately deceiving someone, they can also manage to stick and create false stories and to look and sound sincere yeah. while doing so. And they say that kids at this age tend to lie because they don't want to get in trouble right. and because they don't want to think of themselves as bad, quote unquote right. bad. So it's almost like we have to undo so much of that. Yeah, because I think what, if they're afraid of being labeled quote unquote bad, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. really the... It's just a pure rejection. They feel rejected by their main caretaker. Yeah. 
and they don't want to do that. It's yeah. like almost survival instincts from them. So crazy. Yeah. It's, I'm surprised it starts this early. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I think that's why, I mean, I think that's why gentle, that's why I'm such an advocate for gentle parenting because I think it is our job as parents to create a safe place for them to make mistakes. Yeah. Whether that's they don't get good grades or whatever, or like they lie about a friend or they lie about what they have or don't have. I think it's like reminding them that we're on their side, reminding them that we're on their team and that we can figure it out together. And like they don't, and you know, get to the bottom of why they feel the need to say these things. And like their friends are still going to friend, be friends with you, even if you don't have the unicorn. And like, yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's so much work. <laughs> I know. It's a lot of work. It is. And that, as you mentioned, that connection piece of like connecting with them and making them feel like you're on their side. Yeah. That That is where the work is. Because so too. the correction is, in my opinion, kind of more of the upfront part. Yeah. But then it's the connection piece before correcting it. As you would, as you would say earlier with Dr. Becky. Yeah. That's where you have to ask the question. Then you have to mm-hmm. sit down with them and, you know gain their trust yeah which is so opposite what we were taught as like you lied you're getting punished exactly like how dare you and and back then it was like it was a sign of disrespect too it wasn't just like you made a mistake as a child you were fully shamed for it and then on top of that you disappointed your dad or mom you brought disrespect to the family i mean there was just so much of that and let alone the kids that get beat yeah and i'm not talking about like child abuse but I'm just talking about like culturally beat by their parents like Korean culture I think Asian culture is very common for kids to get a little hit on their hand if they did something wrong I mean it's not exclusive to Korean culture I mean it's across the board yeah because parents don't have the tools because as a parent and this is what I'm struggling too with it's like as soon as you see your child lie you probably you're feeling like you're bad. You're like, you're not doing a good job. Like, why is my kid crazy like this? Or like, why is my kid lying? Or you think you have to discipline them so harshly because you know that lying is bad and you don't have any other tool. Yeah. But I think, I mean, what I think what it is, is like the tool is not the harsh punishment because that's not effective. And it actually creates separation between the parent and the child. But actually to know that the, the answer is to bring in connection which is so difficult and counterintuitive, is the answer? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about kind of like as the girls get older and they get exposed to alcohol and drugs Mm. and sex and all of that kind of stuff, right? Oh, good. Let's go to the dark, scary parts now. I mean, look, I, I, I think about these things a lot. And, and I, for me, I don't want the girls to have, let's say, the first alcoholic drink and feel like they can't tell me, right? I don't want them to be like trying to hide it because I remember growing up when I did that, I absolutely did everything in my power to lie to my parents so they don't find out that I was drunk or I was drinking with friends or whatever, right? And so I think setting kind of that open space of allowing mistakes to happen and not necessarily punishing them for it I mean, that's the hardest part, right? Yeah, but I don't know how to do that. I don't know either. Yeah. Yeah. And I also was thinking the other thing, it's like, because I obviously didn't really get to date around before mm-hmm. I got married. It was kind of, a, and I think this is a cultural thing too, 
where you just don't really introduce your boyfriend or your partner until it's like a really serious thing and you know that you're about Mm -hmm. to get married, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the amount of times like in high school that I had a boyfriend that I would like lie to my parents that I didn't because or even in college, right? And I, I didn't date that much, but I also questioned my head. I'm like, if if I felt like it was a safe space to like bring my boyfriends around and my parents were open to that, then maybe I would have, I mean, I just think about Chloe and Colette. I'm like, if they have like 20 boyfriends, I want to meet, I want to be there. I'm I like, want to no. be there and yeah. I want them to come to my house, right? right? Yeah. And so again, it's just thinking about how to create the safe space for the kids where they feel like they can tell you whatever, whatever. Yeah. And I think it's things that we don't necessarily want to hear. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I think about that a lot. I think that's probably in my point of view, the greatest shift that we're doing as parents with our generation is that our parents used to be like this authoritative figure that demanded respect. And and there's a place for that, you know, like there's a place for that. But I think that the connection piece was missing. And I think that really is the biggest thing that we're doing is like, we know that that's not what we want. We want to be the number one call from our children, especially when they're in like a scary place to call us if like they're in a really scary situation, dangerous situation. And I do think that it starts now, now. with yeah. these little, I cheated on this test or like I lied that I have a unicorn even though I don't have one. And I think that is what I'm preparing myself for almost, yeah. right? And like I'm practicing right now with these little things that are not in the long run, life-changing and incredibly dangerous, but really creating that pattern and creating that that communication between the, the children and the mm-hmm. parent that they can come to you and and they can feel safe. But but that's hard because I think for me, I take initially like a disciplinary role, but I don't think that's it. I think it's be like their number one cheerleader in the good and the bad because they're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And like why they, you should be the first person they call and not the boyfriend, not yeah. the, you know, even a best friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that is like, for me, from my point of view, like the biggest shift that we're doing as parents. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. But it's, you know, I think about my life in the next like 10 years and I'm like, I want the girls to just, you know, given that we, you know, I'll still be co-parenting at that time. I want the girls to just be able to be like, hey, I'm going to bring John over. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But maybe also establish, (laughs) like when you say it like that, but maybe also like at the same time, repeat our values over yes, and over yes. and establish expectations and like what does a romantic relationship look like what is the expectation around alcohol and drugs what is the expectation around grades like i think i mean establish those it's not like a free-for-all either but then also you know also say like if you make a different choice that's also okay you know yeah 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 i think that's what it is i think establishing what you would like yeah but at the same time if it doesn't happen it's okay right. you know will you be a little disappointed maybe mm-hmm. but you have to somehow make them feel as if telling the truth yeah. is more rewarding yeah. versus like disappointing yes, someone you know yes i think so that how, is and right. that's the hardest part right yeah like how do we reward them yeah. for telling the truth and being open 
versus them being too scared to disappoint because disappointment is something that they also have to feel too like they I still don't want to disappoint my mother yeah and I still same. lie to her <laughs> same and I my parents live with me and I still lie to them I know it's crazy yeah. because I'm like my mom has does not have the coping skills to like actually you know know certain things yeah you know what I mean and now I'm an adult so it's fine but like if I was 12 and scared like you said I would want my kids to come to me and be like I'm scared and this really weird thing happened yeah yeah exactly i know we're still 40 and still lying to our yeah parents. i mean we'll be 50 60 and still <sighs> they will never know they will never know anyways thank this you was guys. a good topic yeah this was a very good topic if you guys have any thoughts and advice when it comes to kids lying please let us know i think the entire community can definitely use kind of different tips and advice of what you guys do thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful wonderful week bye bye Thank you so much for listening. We want to keep this conversation going with you. So please leave us a DM on Instagram and make sure to follow us and subscribe to our podcast. And we would love it if you left us a review. Also, if you're in the Los Angeles area, make sure to visit us at Bumo Work at Westfield Century City Shopping Center. And if you're looking for educational-based content entertainment for your little ones, visit us at www.bumobrain.com or at Bumobrain on Instagram. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.